Section 14 of the Exemplary Novels of Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Exemplary Novels by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Translated by Walter K. Kelly. The Little Gypsy Girl, Part 3. At last the appointed day of meeting came and Andrew arrived in the morning at the old trysting place, mounted on a hired mule, and without any attendant. He found Preciosa and her grandmother waiting for him, and was cordially welcomed by them. He begged they would take him at once to the rancho, before it was broad day, that he might not be recognized should he be sought for. The two gitanas who had taken the precaution to come alone, immediately wheeled round and soon arrived with him at their huts andrew entered one of them which was the largest in the rancho where he was forthwith assisted by ten or twelve gitanos all handsome strapping young fellows whom the old woman had previously informed respecting the new comrade who was about to join them she had not thought it necessary to enjoin them to secrecy for as we have already said they habitually observed it with unexampled sagacity and strictness. Their eyes were at once on the mule, and said one of them, We can sell this on Thursday in Toledo. By no means, said Andrew, for there is not a hired mule in Madrid, or any other town, but is known to all the muleteers that tramp the roads of Spain. Por Dios, Señor Andrew, said one of the gang, if there were more signs and tokens upon the mule than are to precede the day of judgment we will transform it in such a manner that it could not be known by the mother that bore it or the master that owned it that may be said andrew but for this time you must do as i recommend this mule must be killed and buried where its bones shall never be seen put the innocent creature to death cried another gypsy what a sin don't say the word good andrew only do one thing examine the beast well till you have got all its marks well by heart then let me take it away and if in two hours from this time you are able to know it again let me be basted like a runaway negro i must insist upon the mules being put to death said andrew though i were ever so sure of its transformation I am in fear of being discovered unless it is put underground. If you object for sake of the profit to be made by selling it, I am not come so destitute to this fraternity, but that I can pay my footing with more than the price of four mules. Well, since the Señor Andrew Caballero will have it so, said the other gitano, let the sinless creature die, though God knows how much it goes against me, both because of its youth for it has not yet lost mark of mouth, a rare thing among hired mules, and because it must be a good goer, for it has neither scars on its flank nor marks of the spur. The slaughter of the mule was postponed till night, and the rest of the day was spent in the ceremonies of Andrew's initiation. They cleared out one of the best huts in the encampment, dressed it with boughs and rushes, and seating Andrew in it on the stump of a cork-tree, 
they put a hammer and tongs in his hands and made him cut two capers to the sound of two guitars they then bared one of his arms tied round it a new silk ribbon through which they passed a short stick and gave it two turns gently after the manner of the garrot with which criminals are strangled preciosa was present at all this as were many other gitanas old and young some of whom gazed at andrew with admiration others with love and such was his good humor that even the gitanos took most kindly to him these ceremonies being ended an old gipsy took preciosa by the hand and setting her opposite andrew spoke thus this girl who is the flower and cream of all beauty among the gitanas of spain we give to you either for your wife or your mistress for in that respect you may do whatever shall be most to your liking since our free and easy life is not subject to squeamish scruples or to much ceremony look at her well and see if she suits you or if there is anything in her you dislike if there is choose from among the maidens here present the one you like best and we will give her to you but bear in mind that once your choice is made you must not quit it for another nor make or meddle either with the married women or the maids we are strict observers of the law of good fellowship none among us covets the good that belongs to another we live free and secure from the bitter plague of jealousy and though incest is frequent amongst us there is no adultery if a wife or a mistress is unfaithful we do not ask the courts of justice to punish but we ourselves are the judges and executioners of our wives and mistresses and make no more ado about killing and burying them in the mountains and desert places than if they were vermin there are no relations to avenge them no parents to call us to account for their deaths by reason of this fear and dread our women learn to live chaste and we as i have said feel no uneasiness about their virtue we have few things which are not common to us all except wives and mistresses each of whom we require to be his alone to whom fortune has allotted her among us divorce takes place because of old age as well as by death any man may if he like leave a woman who is too old for him and choose one more suitable to his years by means of these and other laws and statutes we contrive to lead a merry life we are lords of the plains the cornfields the woods mountains springs and rivers the mountains yield us wood for nothing the orchards fruit the vineyards grapes the gardens vegetables the fountains water the rivers fish the parks feathered game the rocks yield us shade the glades and valleys fresh air and the caves shelter for us the inclemencies of the weather are zephyrs the snow refreshment the rain baths the thunder music and the lightning torches for us the hard ground is a bed of down the tanned skin of our bodies is an impenetrable harness to defend us our nimble limbs submit to no obstacle from iron bars or trenches or walls our courage is not to be twisted out of us by cords or choked by gauze or quelled by the rack 
between yes and no we make no difference when it suits our convenience to confound them we always pride ourselves more on being martyrs than confessors for us the beasts of burden are reared in the fields and pockets are filled in the cities no eagle or other bird of prey pounces more swiftly on its quarry than we upon opportunities that offer us booty and finally we possess many qualities which promise us a happy end for we sing in prison are silent on the rack work by day and by night we thieve or rather we take means to teach all men that they should exempt themselves from the trouble of seeing where they put their property we are not distressed by the fear of losing our honor or kept awake by ambition to increase it we attach ourselves to no parties we do not rise by daylight to attend levies and present memorials or to swell the trains of magnets or to solicit favors our gilded roofs and sumptuous palaces are these portable huts our flemish pictures and landscapes are those which nature presents to our eyes at every step in the rugged cliffs and snowy peaks the spreading meads and leafy groves we are rustic astronomers for as we sleep almost always under the open sky we can tell every hour by day or night we see how aurora extinguishes and sweeps away the stars from heaven and how she comes forth with her companion the dawn enlivening the air refreshing the water and moistening the earth and after her appears the sun gilding the heights as the poet sings and making the mountains smile we are not afraid of being left chilly by his absence when his rays fall aslant upon us or of being roasted when they blaze down upon us perpendicularly we turn the same countenance to sun and frost to dearth and plenty in conclusion we are people who live by our industry and our wits without troubling ourselves with the old adage the church the sea or the king's household we have all we want for we are content with what we have all these things have i told you generous youth that you may not be ignorant of the life to which you are come and the manner and customs you will have to profess which i have here sketched for you in the rough many other particulars no less worthy of consideration you will discover for yourself in process of time here the eloquent old hitano closed his discourse and the novice replied that he congratulated himself much on having been made acquainted with such laudable statutes that he desired to make profession of an order so based on reason and politic principles that his only regret was that he had not sooner come to the knowledge of so pleasant a life and that from that moment he renounced his knighthood and the vain glory of his illustrious lineage and placed them beneath the yoke or beneath the laws under which they lived for as much as they so magnificently recompensed the desire he had to serve them in bestowing upon him the divine preciosa for whom he would surrender many crowns and wide empires or desire them only for her sake preciosa spoke next whereas these senores 
our lawgivers she said have determined according to their laws that i should be yours and as such have given me up to you i have decreed in accordance with the law of my own will which is the strongest of all that i will not be so except upon the conditions heretofore concerted between us two you must live two years in our company before you enjoy mine so that you may neither repent through fickleness nor i be deceived through precipitation conditions supersede laws those which i have prescribed you know if you choose to keep them i may be yours and you mine if not the mule is not dead your clothes are whole and not a doit of your money is spent your absence from home has not yet extended to the length of a day what remains you may employ in considering what best suits you these signores may give up my body to you but not my soul which is free and born free and shall remain free if you remain i shall esteem you much if you depart i shall do no less for i hold that amorous impulses run with a loose rein until they are brought to a halt by reason or disenchantment i would not have you be towards me like the sportsman who when he has bagged a hare thinks no more of it but runs after another the eyes are sometimes deceived at first sight tinsel looks like gold but they soon recognize the difference between the genuine and the false metal this beauty of mine which you say i possess and which you exalt above the sun and declare more precious than gold how do i know but that at a nearer view it will appear to you a shadow and when tested will seem but base metal i give you two years to weigh and ponder well what will be right to choose or reject before you buy a jewel which you can only get rid of by death you ought to take much time to examine it and ascertain its faults or its merits i do not assent to the barbarous license which these kinsmen of mine have assumed to forsake their wives or chastise them when the humor takes them and as i do not intend to do anything which calls for punishment i will not take for my mate one who will abandon me at his own caprice you are right preciosa said andrew and so if you would have me quiet your fears and abate your doubts by swearing not to depart a jot from the conditions you prescribe choose what form of oath i shall take and what other assurance i shall give you and i will do exactly as you desire the oaths and promises which the captive makes to obtain his liberty are seldom fulfilled when he is free returned preciosa and it is just the same i fancy with a lover who to obtain his desire will promise the wings of mercury and the thunderbolts of jove and indeed a certain poet promised myself no less and swore it by the stygian lake i want no oaths or promises signor andrew but to leave everything to the result of this novitiate it will be my business to take care of myself if at any time you should think of offending me be it so said andrew one request i have to make of these signores and comrades mine 
and that is that they will not force me to steal anything for a month or so for it strikes me that it will take a great many lessons to make me a thief never fear my son said the old gipsy for we will instruct you in such a manner that you will turn out an eagle in our craft and when you have learned it you will like it so much that you will be ready to eat your hand it will so itch after it yes it is fine fun to go out empty-handed in the morning and to return loaded at night to the rancho i have seen some return with a whipping said andrew one cannot catch trout's dry shod the old man replied all things in this life have their perils the acts of the thief are liable to the galleys whipping and the scragging post but it is not because one ship encounters a storm or springs a leak that others should cease to sail the seas it would be a fine thing if there were to be no soldiers because war consumes men and horses besides a whipping by the hand of justice is for us a badge of honor which becomes us better worn on the shoulders than on the breast the main point is to avoid having to dance upon nothing in our young days and for our first offenses but as for having our shoulders dusted or thrashing the water in a galley we don't mind that a nutshell for the present andrew my son keep snug in the nest under the shelter of our wings in due time we will take you out to fly and that where you will not return without a prey and the short and the long of it is that by and by you will lick your fingers after every theft meanwhile said andrew as a compensation for what i might bring in by thieving during the vacation allowed me i will divide two hundred gold crowns among all the members of the rancho the words were no sooner out of his mouth than several gitanos caught him up in their arms hoisted him upon their shoulders and bore him along shouting long life to the great andrew and long life to preciosa his beloved the gitanas did the same with preciosa not without exciting the envy of christina and the other gitanias present for envy dwells alike in the tents of barbarians the huts of shepherds and the palaces of princes and to see another thrive who seems no better than oneself is a great weariness to the spirit this done they ate a hearty dinner made an equitable division of the gift money repeated their praises of andrew and exalted preciosa's beauty to the skies when night fell they broke the mule's neck and buried it so as to relieve andrew of all fear of its leading to his discovery they likewise buried with it the trappings saddle bridle girths and all after the manner of the indians whose chief ornaments are laid in the grave with them andrew was in no small astonishment at all he had seen and heard and resolved to pursue his enterprise without meddling at all with the customs of his new companions so far as that might be possible especially he hoped to exempt himself at the cost of his purse from participating with them in any acts of injustice 
On the following day, Andrew requested the gypsies to break up the camp and remove to a distance from Madrid, for he feared that he should be recognized if he remained there. They told him they had already made up their minds to go to the mountains of Toledo, and thence to scour all the surrounding country, and lay it under contribution. Accordingly they struck their tents and departed, offering Andrew an ass to ride, but he chose rather to travel on foot and serve as attendant to Preciosa, who rode triumphantly another ass, rejoicing in her gallant esquire whilst he was equally delighted at finding himself close to her whom he had made the mistress of his freedom o potent force of him who is called the sweet god of bitterness a title given him by our idleness and weakness how effectually dost thou enslave us here was andrew a knight a youth of excellent parts brought up at court and maintained in affluence by his noble parents and yet since yesterday such a change has been wrought in him that he has deceived his servants and friends disappointed the hopes of his parents abandoned the road to flanders where he was to have exercised his valour and increased the honours of his line and he has prostrated himself at the feet of a girl made himself the lackey of one who though exquisitely beautiful is after all a hetana wondrous prerogative of beauty which brings down the strongest will to its feet in spite of all its resistance in four days march the gypsies arrived at a pleasant village within two leagues of the great toledo where they pitched their camp having first given some articles of silver to the alcalde of the district as a pledge that they would steal nothing within all his bounds nor do any other damage that might give cause of complaint against them this done all the old gitanas some young ones and the men spread themselves all over the country to the distance of four or five leagues from the encampment andrew went with them to take his first lesson in thievery but though they gave him many in that expedition he did not profit by any of them on the contrary as was natural in a man of gentle blood every theft committed by his masters wrung his very soul and sometimes he paid for them out of his own pocket being moved by the tears of the poor people who had been despoiled the gypsies were in despair at this behavior it was in contravention they said of their statutes and ordinances which prohibited the admission of compassion into their hearts because if they had any they must cease to be thieves a thing which was not to be thought of on any account seeing this andrew said he would go thieving by himself for he was nimble enough to run from danger and did not lack courage to encounter it so that the prize or the penalty of his thieving would be exclusively his own the gypsies tried to dissuade him from this good purpose telling him that occasions might occur in which he would have need of companions as well to attack as to defend and that one person alone could not make any great booty but in spite of all they could say andrew was determined to be a solitary robber 
intending to separate from the gang and purchase for money something which he might say he had stolen and thus burden his conscience as little as possible proceeding in this way in less than a month he brought more gain to the gang than four of the most accomplished thieves in it preciosa rejoiced not a little to see her tender lover become such a smart and handy thief but for all that she was sorely afraid of some mischance and would not have seen him in the hands of justice for all the treasures of venice such was the good feeling towards him which she could not help entertaining in return for his many good offices and presents after remaining about a month in the Toledan district where they reaped a good harvest the gipsies entered the wealthy region of estremadura meanwhile andrew frequently held honourable and loving converse with preciosa who was gradually becoming enamoured of his good qualities while in like manner his love for her went on increasing if that were possible such were the virtues the good sense and beauty of his preciosa whenever the gipsies engaged in athletic games he carried off the prize for running and leaping he played admirably at skittles and at ball and pitched the bar with similar strength and dexterity in a short while his fame spread through all estremadura and there was no part of it where they did not speak of the smart young gitano andrew and his graces and accomplishments as his fame extended so did that of preciosa's beauty and there was no town village or hamlet to which they were not invited to enliven their patron saints days or other festivities the tribe consequently became rich prosperous and contented and the lovers were happy in the mere sight of each other it happened one night when the camp was pitched among some evergreen oaks a little way off the highway they heard their dogs barking about the middle watch with unusual vehemence andrew and some others got up to see what was the matter and found a man dressed in white battling with them whilst one of them held him by the leg what the devil brought you here man said one of the gipsies after they had released him at such an hour away from the high road did you come to thieve if so you have come to the right door i do not come to thieve and i don't know whether or not i am off the road though i see well enough that i am gone astray said the wounded man but tell me senores is there any venta or place of entertainment where i can get a night's lodging and dress the wounds which these dogs have given me there is no venta or public place to which we can take you replied andrew but as for a night's lodging or dressing your wounds that you can have done at our ranchos come along with us for though we are gipsies we are not devoid of humanity god reward you said the man take me whither you please for my leg pains me greatly andrew lifted him up and carried him along with the help of some of the other compassionate gipsies for even among the fiends there are some worse than others and among many bad men you may find one good it was a clear moonlight night so that they could see that the person they carried was a youth of handsome face and figure 
he was dressed all in white linen with a sort of frock of the same material belted round his waist they arrived at andrew's hut or shed quickly kindled a fire and fetched preciosa's grandmother to attend to the young man's hurts she took some of the dog's hairs fried them in oil and after washing with wine the two bites she found on the patient's left leg she put the hairs and the oil upon them and over this dressing a little chewed green rosemary she then bound the leg up carefully with clean bandages made the sign of the cross over it and said now go to sleep friend and with the help of god your hurts will not signify while they were attending to the wounded man preciosa stood by eyeing him with great curiosity whilst he did the same by her insomuch that andrew took notice of the eagerness with which he gazed but he attributed this to the extraordinary beauty of preciosa which naturally attracted all eyes finally having done all that was needful for the youth they left him alone on a bed of dry hay not caring to question him then as to his road or any other matter as soon as all the others were gone preciosa called andrew aside and said to him do you remember andrew a paper i let fall in your house when i was dancing with my companions and which caused you i think some uneasiness i remember it well said andrew it was a madrigal in your praise and no bad one either well you must know andrew that the person who wrote those verses is no other than the wounded youth we have left in the hut i cannot be mistaken for he spoke to me two or three times in madrid and gave me too a very good romance he was then dressed i think as a page not an ordinary one but like a favorite of some prince i assured you andrew he is a youth of excellent understanding and remarkably well behaved and i cannot imagine what can have brought him hither and in such a garb what should you imagine preciosa but that the same power which has made me a gitano has made him put on the dress of a miller and come in search of you ah preciosa preciosa how plain it begins to be that you pride yourself on having more than one adorer if this be so finish me first and then kill off this other but do not sacrifice both at the same time to your perfidy god's mercy andrew how thin-skinned you are on how fine a thread you make your hopes and my reputation hang since you let the cruel sword of jealousy so easily pierce your soul tell me andrew if there were any artifice or deceit in this case could i not have held my tongue about this youth and concealed all knowledge of him am i such a fool that i cannot help telling you what should make you doubt my integrity and good behavior hold your tongue andrew in god's name and try to-morrow to extract from this cause of your alarm whither he is bound and why he is come hither it may be that you are mistaken in your suspicion though i am not mistaken in what i told you of the stranger and now for your greater satisfaction since it is come to that pass with me that i seek to satisfy you whatever be the reason of this youth's coming send him away at once all our people obey you 
and none of them will care to receive him into their huts against your wish but if this fails i give you my word not to quit mine or let myself be seen by him or by anybody else from whom you would have me concealed look you andrew i am not vexed at seeing you jealous but it would vex me much to see you indiscreet unless you see me mad preciosa said andrew any other demonstration would be far short of showing you what desperate havoc jealousy can make of a man's feelings however i will do as you bid me and find out what this senor page poet wants whither he is going and whom he is in search of it may be that unawares he may let me get hold of some end of thread which shall lead to the discovery of the whole snare which i fear he is come to set for me jealousy i imagine said preciosa never leaves the understanding clear to apprehend things as they really are jealousy always looks through magnifying glasses which make mountains of molehills and realities of mere suspicions on your life andrew and on mine i charge you to proceed in this matter and all that touches our concerns with prudence and discretion and if you do i know that you will have to concede the palm to me as honest upright and true to the very utmost with these words she quitted andrew leaving him impatient for daylight that he might receive the confession of the wounded man and distracted in mind by a thousand various surmises he could not believe but that this page had come thither attracted by preciosa's beauty for the thief believes that all men are such as himself on the other hand the pledge voluntarily made to him by preciosa appeared so highly satisfactory that he ought to set his mind quite at ease and commit all his happiness implicitly to the keeping of her good faith at last day appeared he visited the wounded man and after inquiring how he was and did his bites pain him he asked what was his name whither he was going and how it was he travelled so late and so far off the road the youth replied that he was better and felt no pain so that he was able to resume his journey his name was alonso hurtado he was going to our lady of the pena de francia on a certain business he travelled by night for the greater speed and having missed his way he had come upon the encampment and been worried by the dogs that guarded it andrew did not by any means consider this a straightforward statement his suspicions returned to plague him and said he brother if i were a judge and you had been brought before me upon any charge which would render necessary such questions as those i have put to you the reply you have given would oblige me to apply the thumbscrew it is nothing to me who you are what is your name or where you are going i only warn you that if it suits your convenience to lie on this journey you should lie with more appearance of truth you say you are going to la pena de francia and you leave it on the right hand more than thirty leagues behind this place you travel by night for sake of speed and you quit the high road and strike into thickets and woods where there is scarcely a footpath get up friend learn to lie better 
and go your ways in god's name but in return for this good advice i give you will you not tell me one truth i know you will you are such a bad hand at lying tell me are you not one i have often seen in the capital something between a page and a gentleman one who has the reputation of being a great poet and who wrote a romance and a sonnet upon a gitania who some time ago went about madrid and was celebrated for her surpassing beauty tell me and i promise you on the honor of a gentleman gypsy to keep secret whatever you may wish to be so kept mind you no denial that you are the person i say will go down with me for the face i see before me is unquestionably the same i saw in madrid the fame of your talents made me often stop to gaze at you as a distinguished man and therefore your features are so strongly impressed on my memory though your dress is very different from that in which i formerly saw you don't be alarmed cheer up and don't suppose you have fallen in with a tribe of robbers but with an asylum where you may be guarded and defended from all the world a thought strikes me and if it be as i conjecture you have been lucky in meeting me above all men what i conjecture is that being in love with preciosa that beautiful young gypsy to whom you addressed the verses you have come in search of her for which i don't think a bit the worse of you but quite the reverse for gypsy though i am experience has shown me how far the potent force of love reaches and the transformations it makes those undergo whom it brings beneath its sway and jurisdiction if this be so as i verily believe it is the fair gitania is here yes she is here i saw her last night said the stranger this was like a death-blow to andrew for it seemed at once to confirm all his suspicions i saw her last night the young man repeated but i did not venture to tell her who i was for it did not suit my purpose so then said andrew you are indeed the poet of whom i spoke i am i neither can nor will deny it possibly it may be that where i thought myself lost i have come right to port if as you say there is fidelity in the forests and hospitality in the mountains that there is beyond doubt said andrew and among us gypsies the strictest secrecy in the world on that assurance signor you may unburden your breast to me you will find in mine no duplicity whatever the gitania is my relation and entirely under my control if you desire her for a wife myself and all other relations will be quite willing and if for a mistress we will not make any squeamish objections provided you have money for covetousness never departs from our ranchos i have money the youth replied in the bands of this frock which i wear girt round my body there are four hundred gold crowns this was another mortal blow for andrew who assumed that the stranger could carry so large a sum about him for no other purpose than to purchase possession of the beloved object with a faltering tongue he replied that is a good lump of money you have only to discover yourself and go to work the girl is no fool 
and will see what a good thing it is for her to be yours. Oh, friend, exclaimed the youth, I would have you know that the power which has made me change my garb is not that of love, as you say, nor any longing for Preciosa, for Madrid has beauties who know how to steal hearts and subdue souls as well as the handsomest gitanas, and better, though I confess that the beauty of your kinswoman surpasses any I have ever seen. The cause of my being in this dress, on foot and bitten by dogs, is not love, but my ill luck upon this explanation andrew's downcast spirit began to rise again for it was plain that the wind was in quite a different quarter from what he had supposed eager to escape from this confusion he renewed his assurances of secrecy and the stranger proceeded thus i was in madrid in the house of a nobleman whom i served not as a master but as a relation he had an only son and heir who treated me with great familiarity and friendship both on account of our relationship and because we were both of the same age and disposition this young gentleman fell in love with a young lady of rank whom he would most gladly have made his wife had it not been for his dutiful submission to the will of his parents who desired him to marry into a higher family Nevertheless, he continued furtively to pay court to the lady of his choice, carefully concealing his proceedings from all eyes but mine. One night, which ill luck must have especially selected for the adventure I am about to relate to you, as we were passing by the lady's house, we saw ranged against it two men of good figure, apparently. My kinsman wished to reconnoitre them but no sooner had he made a step towards them than their swords were out their bucklers ready and they made at us whilst we did the same on our side and engaged them with equal arms the fight did not last long neither did the lives of our two opponents for two thrusts urged home by my kinsman's jealousy and my zeal in his defence laid them both low an extraordinary occurrence and such as is rarely witnessed thus involuntarily victorious we returned home and taking all the money we could set off secretly to the church of san geronimo waiting to see what would happen when the event was discovered next day and what might be the conjectures as to the persons of the homicides we learned that no trace of our presence on the scene had been discovered, and the prudent monks advised us to return home, so as not by our absence to arouse any suspicion against us. We had already resolved to follow their advice, when we were informed that the alcaldes of the court had arrested the young lady and her parents, and that among their domestics whom they examined, one person the young lady's attendant had stated that my kinsman visited her mistress by night and by day upon this evidence they had sent in search of us and the officers not finding us but many indications of our flight it became a confirmed opinion throughout the whole city that we were the very men who had slain the two cavaliers for such they were and of very good quality 
finally by the advice of the count my relation and of the monks after remaining hid a fortnight in the monastery my comrade departed in company with a monk himself disguised as one and took the road to aragon intending to pass over to italy and thence to flanders until he should see what might be the upshot of the matter for my part thinking it well to divide our fortunes i set out on foot in a different direction and in the habit of a lay brother along with a monk who quitted me at talavera from that city i travelled alone and missed my way till last night i reached this wood when i met with the mishap you know if i asked for la pena de francia it was only by way of making some answer to the questions put to me for i know that it lies beyond salamanca true observed andrew you left it on your right about twenty leagues from this so you see what a straight road you were taking if you were going thither the road i did intend to take was that to Sevilla, for there i should find a genoese gentleman a great friend of the count my relation who is in the habit of exporting large quantities of silver ingots to genoa and my design is that he should send me with his carriers as one of themselves by which means i may safely reach cartagena and thence pass over to italy for two galleys are expected shortly to ship some silver this is my story good friend was i not right in saying it is the result of pure ill-luck rather than disappointed love now if these signores gitanos will take me in their company to Sevilla, supposing they are bound thither i will pay them handsomely for i believe that i should travel more safely with them and have some respite from the fear that haunts me yes they will take you said andrew or if you cannot go with our band for as yet i know not that we are for andalusia you can go with another which we shall fall in with in a couple of days and if you give them some of the money you have about you they will be able and willing to help you out of still worse difficulties he then left the young man and reported to the other gipsies what the stranger desired and the offer he had made of good payment for their services they were all for having their guest remain in the camp but preciosa was against it and her grandmother said that she could not go to Sevilla or its neighborhood on account of a hoax she had once played off upon a cap-maker named trujillo well known in Sevilla. she had persuaded him to put himself up to his neck in a butt of water stark naked with a crown of cypress on his head there to remain till midnight when he was to step out and look for a great treasure which she had made him believe was concealed in a certain part of his house when the good cap-maker heard matins ring he made such haste to get out of the butt lest he should lose his chance that it fell with him bruising his flesh and deluging the floor with water in which he fell to swimming with might and main roaring out that he was drowning his wife and his neighbors ran to him with lights 
and found him striking out lustily with his arms and legs. Help! help! he cried. I am suffocating, and he really was not far from it. Such was the effect of his excessive fright. They seized and rescued him from his deadly peril. When he had recovered a little, he told them the trick the gypsy woman had played him, and yet for all that he dug a hole more than a fathom deep in the place pointed out to him in spite of all his neighbors could say and had he not been forcibly prevented by one of them when he was beginning to undermine the foundations of the house he would have brought the whole of it down about his ears the story spread all over the city so that the little boys in the street used to point their fingers at him and shout in his ears the story of the gypsy's trick and his own credulity such was the tale told by the old gitana in explanation of her unwillingness to go to seville the gypsies knowing from andrew that the youth had a sum of money about him readily assented to his accompanying them and promised to guard and conceal him as long as he pleased they determined to make a bend to the left and enter la mancha and the kingdom of mercia the youth thanked them cordially, and gave them on the spot a hundred gold crowns to divide amongst them, whereupon they became as pliant as washed leather. Preciosa, however, was not pleased with the continuance among them of Don Sancho, for that was the youth's name, but the gypsies changed it to Clement. Andrew, too, was rather annoyed at this arrangement for it seemed to him that clement had given up his original intention upon very slight grounds but the latter as if he read his thoughts told him that he was glad to go to mercia because it was near cartagena whence if galleys arrived there as he expected he could easily pass over to italy finally in order to have him more under his own eye to watch his acts and scrutinize his thoughts andrew desired to have clement for his own comrade and the latter accepted this friendly offer as a signal favor they were always together both spent largely their crowns came down like rain they ran leaped danced and pitched the bar better than any of their companions and were more than commonly liked by the women of the tribe, and held in the highest respect by the men. End of the Little Gypsy Girl Part 3